Frisco podcast. To learn more about UR Frisco, please visit upburnfrisco.com. I, I love when I when you prepare and then the worship team starts like just taking lines right out of your message, you know? Uh, it just tells you that God is gracious and that we're of one spirit. So, Lord, we just thank you for this morning and I'm just honored to be here on this holy ground, Lord, with this community of believers, these saints, the saints of Frisco, Texas, of Upper Room, of Collin County and beyond. I just don't want to be anything but your mouthpiece, God. I thank you, Father, that your heart is for your people. It always has been. It always will be. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I was ministering here in January... I ministered on an invitation into community. Some of you might remember that, and it was rich. We, we, we got into Psalm 133 and just drank deep from the well of God about what community looks like, what it means to dwell together in fellowship and that oil and water to just come and soak you so that when you're in community and that friction starts to heat up, God puts the oil in the joints and then he splashed a little dew of hormone on you so that you can stay cool <laughs> instead of start biting your fellow brothers and sisters, right? So we're going to continue in the, in the vein of invitation. And I don't know if anyone heard Aaron right at the end started talking about invitation, right? And then at the beginning, remember when they said, like, do you see, they saying, do you see what I see? That's also a nice little line straight out of my notes. So I appreciate that. But this morning, we're going to look at invitation into intimacy with the Father. Okay? Because I, I believe it's, it's in the Father's heart to remind us what the invitation looks like because they never come packaged like we expect. <laughs> Can anybody attest to life? I mean, you know, you get an invitation into intimacy, but it's not what you thought it would be, okay? And we forget so quickly the characters of the word and even our own personal history. Maybe five years ago, you identified it and then all of a sudden, you, you, you forget the way he operates sometimes. So things happen in our lives. We're just walking down the street. You come home from work. You open up the fridge, and the light doesn't work anymore, and it's leaking on the ground. And you're like, wow, Lord. And if you have the lens of the spirit on the inside of you calibrated correctly, your response is a spiritual and supernatural response. Now, I'm not saying you can't lose your, your mind, because that happens. Things go wrong sometimes, and, you know, I fly off the handle. Like, a few weeks ago, I flew off the handle with my parents. Just viciously attacked them verbally. Yes, just being perfectly honest. That, that happened. Way out of line. Probably grieved their hearts. Had to come back, apologize, repent, say, hey, you know, like, that's not how I feel about you. But, but that's an invitation into deeper intimacy. Because God's going, hey, Israel, there's something, there's a little something here that it's not aligned, and I want to touch that part of you. A few weeks ago, Ryan Crow and I were texting back and forth on a Saturday morning. Uh, anybody, anybody, God ever speak to anybody in a dream? Raise your hand if he ever operates and moves within your being by dreams. And I had this vivid deliverance dream. It was intense. And that's a whole different theology, okay? When I first came to this church five years ago, you could not tell me that that was a reality and could happen until I had to text Jeremy and say, hey, you came into my bedroom in a dream and ministered deliverance on me, and it was more powerful than all the years past 
where the ministers have been up front and I went up for prayer crying and go, oh, I got this sin. I just don't know how to get rid of it. Jeremy comes in in a dream and I manifest. I'm flying off the chandelier trying to pull my ceiling fan out of the sky and he texts back so graciously, yeah, that can be real. So Ryan Crower processing the most recent one because as you know with deliverance, there's layers, right? There's layers, skin, flesh and bones, soul, spirit. There's layers to who you are and God desires to peel back all the layers so he can see you and you can be fully known. So we're going back and forth on his dream and in the text stream, I say this line, God initiates intimacy so well. I didn't even think about it, but that was the day before Jeremy texted me and said, hey, will you preach on 5-7? And that's how the message started. It just, God, you know, he, he gives that, and you just begin. So let's just, uh, let's go straight to scripture. We'll see how far we get. It kind of depends on how hungry you are. Yeah, it kind of depends. I got you right there, right? You got lunch looming. Then you have this. And you have this, the spirit operating. So, uh, skip, skip, skip. Uh, we're going to look at what the Father has invited us into. And this is, this is super important because, like I said, you have to recalibrate. This meat sack, as I call it, this meat suit is deteriorating, okay? The law of entropy. It's deteriorating, it's gonna pass away only if you haven't passed away and then your spirit man will be resurrected and your new body will be a spirit form which is in complete perfection. That's an amen. Right, I'm 46. They're starting to creak a little more. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, that wasn't there before, right? So we're gonna look at God's, what God has invited us to and then if we have time, we'll look at a scripture of an invitation that breaks all the rules. If you have your Bibles, let's just open the envelope uh, to 1 Corinthians 1, verse 4 through 7. Paul is super good about this. He's talking to Corinthians. He's really good about saying, hey, y'all are awesome. You got this, this, and this going for you. And then he goes into saying, hey, People are arguing about baptism and the worldly wisdom, and I'm of Paul, and I'm of this guy. And, but this beginning is where he sets their lens so that everything else can be calibrated. So let's read. It says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. That in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and knowledge. Even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's hold there, even though we're going to do two more. This, especially after yesterday, I live in Allen. We've been to that mall many times. My, my, to be honest with you, my son was going to get a, pair, a couple pairs. Of, well, I intended one pair of shoes. Uh, some basketball shoes, and there's only two places we go. We go to Academy off of Spring Creek at 75, or we go to the Nike outlet at the outlet mall. So he was taking my check card and going to get some shoes, and it could have just been as easy to say, hey, go to the, to the outlet, you know? Not to say we've been in, but that's the proximity, right? But we have every gift that we need to endure the waiting until Christ's return. Let's do verse 8. 
Verse 8? No? Okay. We'll do it. We'll do it off my notes. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. This may be one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. For me, the reason being is because he, he authored your salvation through his death and resurrection and the power of the blood and the spirit sustains from before the foundations of the earth into your born life all the way to your death and resurrection with him. He authored it so he carries it throughout and he's also there at the end to say, hey, come on in, David, come in. That one right there, he's blameless. Hey, Father, that one right there, Kristen, she's blameless. And each and every one. So he authors it, he carries it, he gives you the gift to wait and wait upon his return. And then verse nine, and this is really, if we're opening the envelope, this is the crux of the invitation of God. It says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Many of you know, and there's a lot of teaching out there, a lot of rich uh, studies about fellowship. You know, it's, that, it's from the Greek, the koinonia. It literally means partnership, participation, or sharing in communion with. So let's think about Jesus, like Jeremy was talking about the, the, the youth of the disciples. When, when he called these disciples, right? They're fishing, they're Galileans. I've been there many times. You know, they're smelly fishermen, okay? They're young, they don't know any better. And he says, come and I'll make you fishers of men. He called them into participation, not perfection. Some of y'all, he called you into participation, not perfection. He called you into partnership, not performance. Not performance. I, I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the best parent. We're, we're trying. We're stumbling. Believe me, there's a lot of tears. There's some yelling. There's, some, there's apologies made. But I, I don't want to condition my kids into performance or perfection. I want to condition them into participation and partnership. What is mine is theirs. As they participate, as they partner, intimacy is bred into their DNA so that they know when they look at me and their mother, we have the greatest affection and love. I always tell my kids, I'll be your greatest fan. We're your greatest fans. We're your greatest supporters, your greatest promoters. Even after you get married, no one's going to be old. Even that spouse, even though there's a covenant relationship, they didn't change no diapers. <laughs> they were up sick. So that is how the, the, the spirit, the generations, the compounding of the knowledge of God and his righteousness is passed down through the generations, through the spiritual genetics and DNA by not conditioning to performance and perfection. And that's where we're at too as believers. That's why, that's why I want to emphasize the invitation. I want to emphasize what it looks like. It's important that sometimes we, we look at situations and go, what does this look like? We, we do and we'll make time. We're going to look at um, a Bible character in the Old Testament that I just believe. It, it, anybody know, I mean, anybody know any young people that I hang around? Some of my technicians are in their early 20s, okay? And I love hanging around with these guys because they keep me in touch, you know? I'm not getting too old or too gray. But when we're at lunch a few weeks ago to my text, and he goes, I said something about the food, how delicious it was, and this guy loves hot sauce, and he goes, no cap. 
Anybody ever hear that? Like, <laughs> this guy just got, and I was like, say what? And, and you know when you're older, like, you know what I'm saying, middle age, and you know when you hear a phrase and you're not in tune, you know? So, no cap, explain. And he's like, oh, it's just like, no cap. Like, this is amazing. Like, there's no, no, and I was like, bro, Jesus, no cap, you know? And he was like, yeah, because he's, a, you know, so, so Jesus, no cap. The, the reason I want to share about this Bible character, though, is because it's so easy for us to come under the constraints of man. And we have to be under the constraints of the Holy Spirit. I have this picture of the Holy Spirit this morning in the prayer room. It's not too spiritual, but it definitely, it's, it's like a big machine is there and then you open up the lid and the Holy Spirit's there and he has all the little, he has all the little levers and he's just, and you're, he's moving you where he wants you to move. He's doing things with you he wants to do with you and it's all for the Father's glory. Will you surrender to it? Will you surrender to it? I know we don't like this word, but will you obey and serve? Will you obey and serve the kingdom? Will you let the Father glorify himself through your life by obedience and service to the kingdom of God? Because if you will, you'll never experience more fulfillment. People talk about callings, you know, and, I, and I'm all for it. You have a destiny, but you'll never experience destiny more than the moments that you have intimacy with the Father. I mean, it's what we, it's what we have this morning. We've been here five years. We've, we've travailed. We've prayed. We've asked. We've sought that, that this would look like this. Have we not? I mean, we, this is an answer to prayer. This is an answer to hearts that are open. This is an answer in, in, a, in a just saying, Lord, where the, the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. We want liberty, Lord. I mean, y'all see these little kids? What an example, you know? Being led by the young, you know? It's, it's incredible. So let's go, to, let's go to our scripture here and look at this character. The no cap is basically, turn your mind, I don't want to say off, but let's just unlock and let the river flow where it wants to flow. Let the river crash down some closed doors. Let it saturate some closets that you locked up. Let it get in the basement, in the attic, in the ceiling. Let it just wash away the house and the construct of religion and come into the spirit of God where God can do whatever he wants to do with you and you are surrendered to that process because you understand the magnificence of creation and you understand the magnificence of his mercy. I woke up this morning just outside my house and I was like, Lord, your mercies. I went outside and the little, the little birds are chirping, you know? And it wasn't the crows, which I do not like. It was the sweet little birds, you know, the ones with the nice colors and stuff that make the nice songs. Those are the birds I like. But I was just so grateful. I was like, Lord, you know, we live in Allen. We have this beautiful home that you, by your sovereignty, allowed us to get long before we should have been able to afford it because of Allison's father-in-law. And I mean, just so grateful. It's just, uh, the father just wants to let you know that you're in his hands. You didn't fall out. You can't step out. 
Some of y'all are going to be like, uh-oh, we need to check Israel's theology. But I just told you by scripture, he's going to be the one waiting, waiting in eternity to declare you blameless. That's what the Bible says. I didn't make it up. He's going to be the one waiting, Jesus himself, to go blameless, 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 blameless before the Father. Enter into my rest. Genesis 22. One of the most disturbing invitations and intimacy God in the history of man. Oh, you are my leader of the future, Abraham. I'm going to give you a son of promise in 21. Rachel laughing, going outside of the will of God to the imperfect will of God. And Ishmael, Ishmael, the son outside of promise, is also declared a blessing over his life. That's how generous our father is. That's how generous he is. Are you hearing that for your own life? Where you stepped out of the promise and the perfect will of God, it's incorporated because he's called you according to his purposes, and he'll bring it in and declare a blessing over that area. I mean, this is what I'm talking about with the no cap. Now, it came after these things. Let me see how much time. Okay, we'll run. If you can't run, we'll carry you. Okay? In the spirit. If you can't run this morning, we'll carry you. Now it came to pass after these things, this is a long, long text, so just bear, you know, work with me here, that God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and he said, so God tested Abraham, okay? No cap, lose your theology, okay? The word in Hebrew, Nisa, he tested him, he tried him. Now you have context for when, when Jesus says, pray, lead us not into temptation, because <laughs> when he does, it's gonna be rough, and Jesus knows that. So he's, he's saying, this is how you should pray too. So God tested Abraham, and Abraham says a word that's important. It's a little Hebrew word. Most of you know it, but it's important to commit to memory. So I'll, I'll say it, and then I'll have you all say it. Say, hineni. Somebody yell out what that means. Again, that, that is the response of sons and daughters. Slaves are like, man, what does he want again? People who don't know his plan are hiding from that call. Hey, Aaron, where are you? Here I am. Here I am, Dad. My dad used to have a rule. I joke around, but he used to have a rule in his house. If I call you once, it's yes, sir. If I call you a second time, you come to me. I always like that, you know? So if he calls you once, you might say, yeah. The second time, you need to... Hineni. Here I am, God. Here I am, Dad. What, can I, what, what do you need, Dad? What do you have to teach me, impart to me, show me? What do you need me to do for you? What can I do for you, Daddy? That's, that's the Hineni, right? He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering. This word burnt offering, it, the ole, is actually the whole burnt offering. So that was the offering where you put everything on, everything is burned up, Right? I want to tell you this morning, I know what we, we, we filled the heavenlies with incense. He, I, I just felt like Jesus was like, this is awesome. I can barely see around here. These upper room folks and all the churches around the globe, they're worshiping, they're worshiping me with hearts abandoned, filling the heavenlies with worship and incense. This guy, Abraham, see, sacrifice was known from the sons of Adam. Okay, so sacrifice was just the thing that they knew about. And then sometimes we can, we can forget 
you still know how to sacrifice. Right? Hebrews 13, 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. <clears throat> the fruit of lips. <clears throat> Excuse me that openly profess his name, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, right, on account of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. The Hebrew word worship means to bow down. That's a surrender. So you understand sacrifice, except now that Jesus has been crucified and resurrected and rose up, your sacrifice can happen over and over and over again. You're a living sacrifice. Daily, hourly, you can make incense on the altar of worship to the throne room. Living sacrifices, right? So you, you're still sacrificing. I know sometimes, oh, we don't do sacrifice anymore. Jesus last sacrifice. No cap, no cap. Like, just lose it. Lose it. Five years Five years, the water of the Holy Spirit has been smashing against the walls. And trust me, I grew up in the Middle East. I understand ancient walls. Smashing against them to knock down all the bad understanding. I won't even call it theology. The bad understanding about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What he wants to do. I've been there at the Kotel with the beautiful scenery and the Al-Aqsa Mosque behind it. And those, they say, oh, part of the Second Temple, those big stones right there. There's no wall that can keep out the Holy Spirit. It's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. So Abraham saddles his donkey. He took two young men with him, took Isaac, his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering. Remember, it's a whole burnt offering. He rose and went to the time, went to the place that God had shown him. Verse 4, on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Do you see what I see? Lift your eyes, lift your head. In the, in the toughest times, I'm going to tell you, when you're fully engaged, just change your posture to look up. Just, just take a minute and shift your eyes to look up because he may be inviting you into intimacy. But you're so absorbed in the moment. You know, so Abraham looked up. He saw where you're supposed to go. Abraham said to his young men, stay here on the, uh, with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there. We will worship and return to you. Super important Hebrew word. It's ka'al. It's called neshuva, okay? It, he, Abraham was already professing. Some of you know this already. He was already saying, we will return to you. He had a faith, even though God had already told him to slay his son and offer him a sacrifice. He... Abraham is operating in the prophetic. He's in the Old Testament, and the Spirit is prophesying through him. We're going to return to you guys together. The word's plural, together. We're going to come back. Somehow, either I'm going to sacrifice him, and he's going to be raised from the dead even though he's ashes, or God's going to do something. Everybody say, God's going to do something. Darkest, darkest hour, he's going to do something. He, he may not know what. But just be ready. Be ready. I'm not yelling at you, by the way. I'm yelling because I'm raising my voice because 
the lion of the tribe of Judah roars. And he roared this morning, and the king laughed, and both the roar and the laughter just released upon us something to where we can carry that glory into the world right after you leave church. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing. His grace, his goodness is mind-blowing. Abraham took a wooden burnt offering. In one hand, he had the knife, and it was a sacrificial knife. This was an important knife. In the other hand, the fire. So the two of them walked together. Isaac spoke to his Abraham, to his father Abraham, and said, my father, and he said again, hineni. So we don't just say, here I am to the father. We say, here I am to the sons and daughters. This is the parenting. I was, that, that just, and that's just coming right now, because my son Jude, you know, as a parent, we say, yes, here I am to God, and we also have to take time to say, hey, yes, here I am to the, to the little ones, to the younger ones, to the next generation. It could be age. It could also just be maturity. It could be your spiritual sons and daughters that you're discipling. Here I am, my son, and he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. He's prophesying again. He's he, He's, he's prophesying into thousands of years ahead of time. And, and so the two of them walked together. Then they came to the place which God had told them. This is verse 9. And Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac, which was customary for the sacrifice. You don't want the little lamb running away, so you bind him up before you slaughter him. In verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him, from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, do not stretch your hand out against the lad and do nothing to him. For I know now that you fear the Lord since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. I, I know that phrase, the fear of the Lord, can be a trigger sometimes, but I just want to use that little context there. Just don't withhold anything from him. He'll come after the thing that's most important to you. And all he wants to know is that that's available to him as well. And then he goes, I know you fear me. And then he immediately provides. He immediately provides. Then Abraham raised his eyes. Again, raise your eyes. And behold, behind the ram caught in the thicket. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham called on the name of the Lord. And in that place, the Lord will provide as he said, as it is said to this day, in the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. That's a very, very impactful scripture there. Sometimes you go up with something. Sometimes you go up with nothing. Sometimes you go up with the wrong thing. But in the end, he provides the sacrifice. And, and, and quite frankly, I mean, how many times do we come to church like that? <laughs> I mean, if you've got family, I mean, let's not, let's not get around here. It's either Sunday morning or Saturday. You know what I'm saying? It begins. It's like anything to derail you from actually walking in the doors of the church, you know? Arguments, fights, strife, schedule, sickness, pestilence, disease, infirmity. It just tries to strike, you know? Foundation, batteries won't start. I mean, like, you name it, it pops up. It's so that the kids are riled up, the wife and the husband are. But whether you brought the right one, the wrong one, or none at all, you bring yourself, and you say, Hineni, and he provides a sacrifice. This morning, you may think you've done it, 
to use in proper English, but he actually did it. He actually brought from within you, from your bellies, the sacrifice of praise because the Holy Spirit resides on the inside. Okay, uh, verse 15, and we're going to be landing here. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and you have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and the sand which is on the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. Now that's, that's what I want for my posterity. I want that for my children and children's children, that they will possess the gates of my enemies. Maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be very real. Maybe there's things that you're not gonna overcome in this lifetime. But I'm telling you right now, my children and my children's children will see God have victory over those things. That is, that is, how, that is how righteousness is visited down and compounded in the generations. And wickedness can only last three or four. Some parents need to just grab that right now. You need to grab that. You need to grab it and understand that he will have the victory. Abraham never saw his seed as the, shores, as the sands on the shore. He never saw that. But it were his posterity. It was his posterity that saw it. After obedience and service, Destiny was proclaimed, and it's the same for us today. There's a lot of chasing things that God told me to do, but God invited you to intimacy with him through the fellowship with Jesus facilitated by the Holy Ghost first. First. So if you feel yourself getting off balance and that calling starts to come up here and it begins to cast a shadow on the fellowship and the participation and the partnership with the Holy One of Israel, the Spirit of God just wants to bring alignment. He, he wants to graciously just bring alignment and say, hey, I called you to fellowship with my son. I want to just share a quick testimony. Our business is booming. Uh, you know, it's going well. Praise the Lord. We, we sold, I bid a job recently in a city north of here, and I just, I don't have time to take it cheap, even though I should have bid it for a lot less. And we got the, we got the job. It's the biggest job we've ever, we've ever had at the company. We started tomorrow. Um, I talked to a competitor who I also network with, because if you're, if you're a good I'm not Jewish, but a Jewish-style businessman, you have competitors that also give you work, and then you give them work, okay? That's how, you know. And, and when I talked to him, he goes, Israel, you dog, you got that contract? He's like, what'd you get it for? And I told him the number. And he goes, I bid half that. And he goes, I wasn't even the cheapest. There was one $2 per valve cheaper than me. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, Josh. I mean, I knew what to tell him, but I was like, I'm not, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't share my secrets. Uh, but, but, okay, so we, we land the job. It's a huge blessing, but there's a, there's a condition, and the, the city personnel was like, they said, you have to have it done in a week. I was like, all right, this number of vows, testing, oh, it's going to be tight. So I have a young man that works for me, and uh, his parents come here often, and 
He's just, just a rock star, okay? I mean, the kid just has the pedigree. He's been with us a little over a year. Pure rock star. I give him to my previous mentor, the Mazdens, remember Scott? Two days a week as a contractor because Scott had a stroke eight years ago and I always told him I'd take care of his labor. So my full-time employee, who is a rock star, goes and spends time in this guy's truck and drive around with him every day to do all his work because he's physically unable to. Do you think I wish I had him five days a week? Rockstar. And, and in my heart, I said, man, Lord, I really wish I had been on Tuesday. But I don't jack with that guy's schedule because if you understand a system of honor and respect, you always, I, 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 and I'm not talking about false humility and I don't talk about being a victim. You always default to respect authority and leadership. I don't care what they're doing. So I just said, I'm not even going to ask because I don't do that to this guy. I let him have, the, and, and he switches days on me all the time. Hey, I'm going to town. I always say yes. I want to just encourage you to say yes more. Say yes to God more. If you stay in the same vein all the time, how are you going to experience the extravagance of surprise? And without surprise, how are you going to rekindle the fire of intimacy? So I, I, I almost always say yes when he wants to change it. And, and I didn't even ask. And, and I just said, it wasn't even a prayer. It was just, God, man, I wish I had him on Tuesday. God can hear your prayers. They don't even come out of your mouth towards him. And he knows your heart. My mentor calls me this past week and goes, hey, you know how busy I've been all year? I was like, yeah. He goes, why don't you take Ben on Tuesday? Hey. <laughs> this never happens. I said, I was like, what? He was like, yeah, just take Ben on Tuesday. He's like, I know you got that big job. Just take him. You, you know, I'll, I'll get him on Thursday and we got enough work. And I, I almost like I was in a truck. You know, this is, this is the way accidents happen. You know, it's just, you're, you do you know, differential splits and you just want to like fall over and the truck will just, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's, that's the intimacy I'm talking about. Like he's so present Every day, if we'll just raise our eyes up, he's in operation no matter where you're at. If you feel unhealthy and unloved this morning, you're in the right place because he's paid for healing in full. He's paid for intimacy in full. In full. So praise the Lord on that job and, 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 and providing. I, I love what I do. I'm not going to lie. I love what I do in part because it's kind of like the Old Testament, that agrarian society. Like I can plow, plant, Weedy, I cannot make it grow. I can't bring rain. Only God can bring rain. So like in our business, like I have a, one of my closest friends, Allison's uh, cousin, runs a multi-million dollar business. He's like, Israel, you're crazy. Like you just go out there and if you don't, if you don't, if you don't make it happen, you're not eating. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's beautiful. It's like the Old Testament, you know? <laughs> and if I can't make it happen, you just said it. He's been providing manna forever. I'll just learn how to abase for a while. You know, I'll just learn how to go without some of those subscriptions. Y'all know what I mean. Yeah. Some of those drinks. I don't drink them, but, you know, my wife does once in a while. <laughs> Allison wasn't joking about her coffee, y'all. She, she wakes up. It's like, uh, I'm all like, bing. I, I'm not And that's not a joke. I would go into... Uh, where she sleeps, and, and I would go, 
I will do that in the mornings for many years. And she'd just be like, oh, Israel, please stop. And it's just, then I hear the coffee and the brewing. And once I've heard the microwave about 16 times, then I know, like, approach and there's clarity and stuff. It's like a ritual in our house, you know? I'm glad that I learned that there's nothing wrong with microwaving your food, you know, that I just studied that because I was a little worried. It's like, you've nuked that coffee bean so many times. It's like, how can it possibly provide any, you know? That's a ritual. All right. <coughs> I'll take a little, uh, little background music if someone's uh, able. I just, I just wrote out something. Uh, We'll have, we'll have people up here for ministry. If you need anyone to stand with you or you just want a hug from the heavenlies, just, I just encourage you to come up and, and, and let them agree with you. There's a power in agreement. They're all people that care. I've been here five years and I'll tell you, the, the, the community cares. They care. So I'm gonna read uh, something that I just wrote because to me, if I, if I got the invitation in the mail tomorrow, this is kind of what it would sound like. It says, good morning, saints of Upper Room, Frisco. It's me, Dad. I want to invite you to participate and partner with my son, Jesus, every day. Holy Spirit resides on the deepest parts of who you are. He works from the inside out to help you obey and serve in my kingdom the way Jesus did. Participation in friendship is how you fulfill your calling and your destiny. I never wanted slaves or robots. I always wanted sons and daughters to play and be friends with my son. <laughs> if you don't feel healthy or loved, you're in the right place. Healing has already been paid for in full. Remember, Holy Spirit will facilitate everything you need to thrive spiritually while you wait. It's not long now and Jesus will return, and then you'll enter into my rest. Amen. <laughs>